This episode of the Games Junk Podcast is brought to you by Grip'em Ups. Grip'em Ups, how much can you pull, bro? Podcast. My name is Jason Ariola, and joining me today is Luke Maxwell. Yo. <laughs> I like that. Very urban of you, Luke. What and it is. <laughs> I think it's the second time you've said what it is when I've introduced you before. <laughs> I like it. And uh, also joining us today is John Lucero. What it do. Oh, Christ almighty. Okay, I gotta think of something. Proper. Yeah. How you is. You're so you smooth. Go. It sounded so natural coming out of your mouth. Well, you know, it's a cuddler thing, so. Who mm. is Now, look, okay, I gotta ask you guys a serious question. Why you gotta go corndogging when you know you got friend? <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, apparently I'm the only I person. I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> apparently I'm the only person that listens to Walking the Room here, so. Anyway, or listen to it too, I suppose, but. Anyway, um, we took a couple weeks off. My voice has been shot, so yeah, and yeah, since I've got most of the recording equipment, I figured I'd probably just hold off until I can come back. Anyway, um, so we've got quite a bit to talk about of what we've been playing. So, uh, Luke, why don't you go ahead and start us off with uh, let's just let's just lump in the Dark Souls three DLC and Dark Souls one in general. How do you feel about that? Okay, I played the Dark Souls 3 DLC, which is called Ashes of Ariandale. And, uh, Do you want uh, 5 minutes or 10 minutes? Oh, surprise me. Let's oh. give me 5. Just give you 5? Okay. <laughs> Go for it, bud. So I'll get through this very quickly. Basically, it's, it's one of these painted world scenarios, which is a thing in the Souls games. Sometimes they have these otherworldly places, and this oh, one is all from, snowy. Oh, they took right? Yeah, this okay. one's all snowy and, and, and pretty, and you get sucked into a snowy painting anyway. And uh, you start off in this big ice field, and you're thinking, wow, this is really expansive. And they do some fun stuff where the enemies sort of blend in with the environment, and there's avalanches and you know cracks in the ice that you fall down and lose your direction and all sorts of stuff. And um, uh, you, there's a couple of bosses in this one. Um, it's a little bit, you know, having come off of Bloodborne, my Bloodborne Odyssey, and doing the DLC there, which is essentially two DLCs smushed into one. Mm. This felt a little bit short. You know, I got done in about three hours. Now, obviously, I didn't get everything in there. There's a lot more to do in terms of getting armor and weapons and stuff. But I did the two main bosses in there, and they're both pretty great. One of them is a dude who's all like, hey, come fight me. And you're fighting him for a while. And then he goes, woo. And a wolf jumps out of nowhere, like this huge wolf, you know. Think uh, Sif from Dark Souls 1, and you'll get an idea okay. of the, how big this wolf is. And uh, so he jumps out, and you have to fight them both. And that was pretty aces. And then the final boss of the DLC, Sister Frida, is a lot like... Um, Lady Maria of the Astral Clock Tower from Bloodborne. 
in terms of how the fight goes, the, the structure of it and things. So people who enjoyed that fight will enjoy this. It's, it's quite similar and a lot of fun. And then on the back of my recent sort of Blood Bloodborne Dark Souls 3 getting back into, I decided to do Dark Souls 1 again. And so I'm, I'm a little bit of the ways through that. I'm just um, exploring the depth. And that's a very annoying area. You get cursed a lot down there. And that's no picnic. But uh, it's a lot of fun. It feels a little bit less than I thought it was going to in a way. Like everything that I took for granted in Dark Souls 3 isn't in Dark Souls 1. You can't move while you're drinking potions, for example. And so it sort of feels like Dark Souls 3 feels like what I thought Dark Souls 1 felt like. But then going back, it doesn't exactly feel the same. It feels a little bit more sluggish or whatever. It's just, you know, refinement, I think, over time. Um but, you know, I, I still enjoy those games pretty thoroughly. I get a kick out of them. Um, it's it's weird how even when you've done these bosses before, you still get a great sense of satisfaction out of beating them. Yeah. And, um, you and that, know. Um, so does it feel like, uh, I don't want to say primitive, but kind of comparatively primitive going back to the original Dark Souls compared to 3? I think that is a little bit of what it is. It's just that it's, it's like... Um, you know uh, what it is. It's just that uh, you you, you you know the the movement it just isn't as refined in a way. Like I always think of those Souls games as having like great combat and on point hitboxes and stuff, and it does, but it's just a little bit slower or something. Mm-hmm. And that's what threw me for a loop. The, uh, the going back into it after three. Um, well, what I, I think it is as well is that. You know, these games have stepped it up each time, not including Dark Souls 2, which I haven't actually played, but I've heard enough kind of things about it that don't make me want to play it. Um, but, like, I'm sure if I went back to Demon Souls, that's a world of difference from Dark Souls as well, you know? Oh, yeah, Demon so, Souls is close, closer to Bloodborne, I'd say, in terms of, like, structure. Uh, but, like, I, I'm thinking yeah. specifically of the movement. I'm sure it feels sluggish compared to yeah, how Dark Souls feels definitely yeah i did i'd be interested to see sorry jason go ahead i was just saying i did go i did actually play demon souls fairly recently and it does feel very plotting i suppose is the best way to put it yeah i'd be interested to see if they do remaster that game you know there's rumors around that all the time that they were gonna bring it out on the ps4 in in a remastered form and um i'd be interested to see what they could do to it in terms of making it a little bit more snappy or something, but you Demon know, Souls I mean, obviously, Souls? what's there? Uh, D- Demon Souls. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it, I, I don't know if it'll ever be the case. They will get around to it, or if they could even do that too much to it. And honestly, I would prefer. I mean, on this Bloodborne contact high that I'm on, I'd just prefer to see another one of those because uh, that game, mwah, the finest game. <laughs> Could have timed that much better if you think. I think if you tried, and we're looking at the clock here, Luke. So, yeah. Well, there you go. I've got. You know, actually, this is a, a little-known fact about me, Luke mm. Maxwell, okay. uh, is that I have an excellent internal clock. Any time of day, I can tell you what time of day it is without looking at a watch. That's that's very impressive. Do you the uh, internal clock? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, my, my internal clock is just totally screwed from working graveyard for 15 years. I There have been times, like, you know, yeah. when uh, I wake up and it's like the sun's down and I'm not sure 
if, if it's if I was off the night before, I'm like, is it six p.m. or six a.m.? I don't. Damn it! Did I did I sleep fifteen hours or something like that? Or yeah, it, it, sometimes it's a little horrifying mm-hmm. to like shit. What time is it? So anyway, yeah, that's that doesn't sound like a picnic either. Yeah, it's a little weird. So, uh, John, you, I, I, this is the one I kind of really been wanting to hear about is Titanfall two because I've heard a lot of good things about this. So, do you want five or ten on that one? Let's go 10, because i got to talk about multiplayer, too. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about Titanfall 2. Uh, Titanfall 2 is real good. Uh, that, <laughs> did you Did you that, uh, 10 minutes or 10 seconds? <laughs> we're, good, we're done. We're done, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, the campaign, which everyone has been talking about, it seems like, mm-hmm. uh, it's got a bit of a slow burn in the beginning, about the first three missions. I, I was playing it, and I had just played uh, through Call of Duty before that, and it kind of felt a little similar uh, I felt like they added some movement. To, the movement felt good, but like the mission design and stuff wasn't. It seemed like okay, it was okay. I didn't. I just didn't see what the big deal was. And then you get to this factory level, and from there on out, it's one of the best shooter campaigns I've ever played in my life. Hmm. It's so. In in terms of uh, like what they ask you to do in the game, with how they uh, the first person platforming you have to do, and that it feels good while you're doing it the entire time, it's really something else the story is whatever it's fine it's uh it's it's, there yeah it's not bad by any means uh you can tell like they don't have the budget of a of a call of duty in some of their in some of the stuff that happens but do you think that's why it relies on platforming and stuff and instead of having these big you know moments yeah i think so i think so like it definitely it definitely has its big moments but uh it's more they're they're enhanced by the fact that you the the jumping on the walls and and mm. I don't want to I can't I don't want to ruin anything. There's too many good like one-off moments in that campaign that I don't I don't want to ruin for anyone because um, they're really unexpected. Like there's after that factory level, the next level after that is probably the best one is probably the best one in the game, and it's it's similar to a game I talked to. About with uh, Jason earlier in the year, but in a okay. mechanic that you're not going to give too much away there. Um, no, I can't. I've heard I don't want to. Half Life Two being banded around about Titanfall Two. People have been saying, you know, that it, it put them in mind of Valve games, Portal, Half Life Two, that sort of thing. And would that be fair? Yeah, definitely, definitely some Portal going on there for sure. Like there's. Hmm. I'm not. There are. There is not a portal gun. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say that right now. There's not a portal gun. Okay. But in terms well, of glad le- I didn't buy it. Level, in terms of level design, it's definitely got some uh, valve going on. Uh, oh, really so, good. Are, so, cool. you have to, so you have to put crates down over uh, over over areas. No, no, no. no? no? Okay. Physics okay. Physics puzzles. Hey, Jason. Yes. Jason. That that is not. That's not called for. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't bring out the flaws right. in, in, in Half Life Two. I'll, I'll go ahead. Those are those are seminal that's games. Damn, that's still a good. That's a damn good game. Still. Oh, if you didn't like, if you didn't like driving that boat around for three hours, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. Being chased right? by the helicopter. Hours. I'm a godless. Heathen. Yeah, that was. That's what. That's, a, that's ten what out of ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Not a single flaw oh, can be found in that thing. No, that's no, it's. Perfect, is wrong age, it will age perfectly forever. <laughs> yeah. uh, People will yeah, look back campaign. on that boat bit and say, why couldn't that be the whole game? 
there you know what they will they will go back at that and just be like we should have just made a whole game about this like we like we could have made an episode just about him boating i mean it's it's the oh, super mario great. world of games it's that it's that good there in terms go. of boat stuff <laughs> yeah. just a timeless classic yeah. <laughs> so um anyway yeah but we should probably get back on titanfall 2 here so um, as far as the campaign goes like about how long was this thing it's about, it's about six hours, I'd say, on our normal difficulty. Okay. Um, so probably I'm playing, about eight or nine on easy for me. So it's it's really a pretty easy camp. Like you are so much more nimble than most of the things you fight in that game. Okay. That you're you're kind of like. And the cool thing is, that some of those levels are designed in a way to where you really don't have to shoot anything. You can just platform your way through it and just avoid a lot of enemies on your way to your goal. And it feel and it doesn't feel like you're cheating. It just feels like you're outsmarting the game. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, so it's actually it, so does it out mirrors edge mirrors edge? Yes, I'd say Ooh, so. I think really? it's, I think it because it, it, I think it's actually well, it's easier to do the mirrors edge is, but it, so it feels I think it feels better than mirrors edge does, uh, and it's it's not as if if you it's not as like challenge rewarding as mirrors edges but i think it just feels better in general okay um uh, now during the campaign do you spend a lot of time outside of the mech that you befriend or whatever uh yeah you do you do a lot of uh it, they pace it really well i think uh you, you it, as soon as you fit you feel like you've been like maybe platforming too long or you've been killing things in a mech for too long they mix it up and they get they they do they put the opposite on you and then ask you to do a few different things that way. There are boss fights in the game which have this cool, this little cool little touch like from mech anime where you can see the enemy's like face comes out on screen in your co- cockpit and talks trash to you while you're fighting them. Uh, oh, that was the so best I, part I, of I, one of the enders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I did like. I did appreciate that little touch. Um, yeah, the campaign's real good, and if you if you don't mind running running it from Redbox, I know you're not really a multiplayer guy. I, yeah. I do recommend at least playing through the campaign. It's 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 good. Okay, technical issues aside, uh, John, you have three minutes fifty one seconds left. Did you want to go ahead and talk about the multiplayer now, or was there anything else you had on the single player? No, uh, no, I just recommend it. Uh, I'd like I'd like to talk about it in more detail if you if you get to play it. That'd be- Okay. Yeah. You know what? Um, I, I've actually been trying to get it from Redbox, but Redbox out here, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if it's maybe elsewhere in the country. But it's it's not a Redboxable game, and of course, again, that brings me back to lamenting the loss of Hastings. So out here, or, or just in general, I'm like, oh great, there's no place to rent video games anymore. Swell. So anyway, let's get on the multiplayer, shall we? Okay. Uh, am I just starting now? John. Oh, okay. I don't know if we're gonna do a, th- a lead in because of the break. Anyway, sorry. No, no, go ahead. By all means, no, just go ahead. Yeah. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll I'll pause it here for about fifteen for about fifteen seconds so you can go. So go ahead and get started, and we'll uh, yeah. All right. And okay, so talk about multiplayer. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, it's 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 a uh, multiplayer designed by the guys from. Uh, Respawn, who originally from Infinity Ward, the guys who made the first two Modern Warfare games uh, before they had the whole falling out with Activision. Um, so it definitely has uh, so Call of Duty in its blood. It's got the very, very quick uh, aimed on the sights, very snappy, very quick in quick deaths. 
Uh, but the the thing they they added in Titanfall to make it different from other things is the is the movement and the ability to run on walls. They added a grappling hook for two, uh, which you can use to swing. And if you use a, if you use your boost, like your little jump boost, you can you can you can use it to launch yourself further. Uh, you have, there's other perks too, like the stem pack, which is you a quick a quick burst of speed and stuff. Uh, and then of course the mechs. Uh, so these are the these are the ways it differs itself from Call of Duty and the ways that it is it is now a better game than Call of Duty because it just because because <clears throat> it just feels better. Okay. It feels faster and it it feels snappier. Like I've been playing Infinite Warfare and I'll, I'll probably talk about that and talk about that in a little bit, but it just feels better and all the things it tries to do. Uh, the the matches are. <clears throat> Uh, the matches don't have the uh, necessarily have the uh, close the close calls that like a game like Overwatch seems to always have in its games at the end uh, when it seems like it's down to the wire. But it does have this cool little fe- this cool feature that after a match is over, the losing team has to then evac out of the, out of the has a chance to evac out of the map, and so ev- and everybody gets everybody has one life at that point, and the, it's a mad dash to the uh, the escape ship. Uh, and, or stopping the team from getting their escape ship. So it's just cool things like that. There's tons, tons and tons of camos and unlocks for your character. They instead of an instead of an XP meter, now they use a they use a thing called merits, which is uh, you get a merit for winning a match, for doing well in a match, for leveling up your gun. And it's just in each level takes about it takes ten merits, I think, to get to level up. Okay. What do you and, get? But what, that's so, just, what do you get when you level up? I mean, any, or, uh, you get ba- like banners and camos and stuff, and then you also level. You can let your guns have a level up meter. Each one has each one levels up on its own, and they have their own camos and and things like that. Uh, they the Titan does, and and with different unlocking different perks for them, from having an extra dash to having a, a nuclear reactor. So when you blow your Titan up, you can take more people with you. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's a cool. It's a cool little mechanic, because uh, when you when you reach uh, terminal like terminal, uh, uh, you can uh, you can do a quick. Uh, oh. Oh. Yeah, do a quick button sequence. You eject out of your Titan and it explodes underneath you. Just you eject out of your Titan, take people with you, um, and it's just. And when you're in the air, catch, land on someone, you can you can break their neck, or they can shoot, they can shoot you out of the air too because you're like a sitting duck at that point. Um, <clears throat> so it's just a it's just like as someone who played a lot of Call of Duty in their life uh, and wanted it, it to evolve more, this this feels like the next evolution of that kind of game. And I get I hope they get to make another one. They aren't too sure yet because the sales aren't looking as good. Mostly because they were they put it right next to Battlefield One Call of Duty, which they shouldn't have done. Yeah. Now, real quick question here with the multiplayer. Um, I was listening to the Porygon podcast, and they were talking about um, them having some issues with finding people sometimes. Like it was just like taking a while to make a match. Have you had that same problem? I have noticed it takes a little longer than I would expect in a, in a game this good to find a match in. Sometimes it's uh, it's not like I wouldn't say it's too ridiculous. They do have this cool new system, a network system, where you can uh, join a network, which is like I'm in the Giant Bomb network, and 
people in the network just send out an invite for a type of game and people just press triangle and you're immediately in a party that with those people playing a game with oh, them. Okay. Yeah, it's really it's a really cool new thing that they're trying, like which is just what this game is good at. It's just little improvements on a similar formula to go along with the big ones in the movement and the in the next stuff. But yeah, it's a really good game. Okay. I recommend I recommend it. All right. Well, hopefully it gets into a red box, or if not, I'll maybe wait until it's like stupid cheap, and then I'll try to get it. Yeah, I think point. it's like thirty-five right now already, and for the Black Friday stuff. So. We'll yeah, see. but I mean, honestly, like with uh, my play style, like it would be like, oh, I'll play through the campaign, and then that would be the end of it. So it's probably like looking more like ten, fifteen dollars. Maybe I'd be willing to pay. So. Yeah. Okay. I understand. No. All right, um, Luke, you still with us, bud? Yep. Okay. So how about this? You and I, let's, since I know it's getting late on your end, um, why don't we, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of jump ahead here a little bit. You and I will talk about Battlefield 1 since we both played the campaign, and um, and then after that we'll uh, we'll talk about Dragon Quest Builders, a.k.a. Uh, Dragon Quest Blocko. Sure, we'll blow through these. Yeah. I think, Well, I figure Battlefield 1 we can probably get like probably 10 minutes out of, because there's, there's I, I don't know, I think there's a lot going on in that thing, and I, I would like to talk to you sure. about it. So. All right. Okay. Okay, so my initial thought was um, you and I just played the campaign, so we're basically basing yeah. our opinion off that. I really like the opening stage. I, I, I really yes. enjoyed yeah. what they did with it that you basically like treated you like you were that cannon fodder that everyone was in World War One, and you die and you just pick up the role of somebody else, and you that person dies, you pick up the role of somebody else. You just basically keep going that way. Um, right. Except then the rest of the game doesn't do anything like that. And that's yeah, that game. impact is diminished somewhat by they still have the same gimmick where it'll come up on the screen and give you the date of birth and the date of death. But every other story is sort of a one man army situation um, oh, to the man. extent where it becomes a little bit farcical. I thought the one that was the most sort of glaring for me was the. Um, which one was it? It was the Italian guy who was storming the... Um, there was two. There was the Italian guy who was like storming the, the thing, looking for his brother in, yeah. the, in the armor suit that just seemed to be able to soak up bullets like no one's business. Yeah, and yeah I, that was you know, a little absurd. Yeah, the, the, I, you know, the munitions were powerful enough back then that I don't think a, a, you know, a chest plate would protect you in such a way, but um, that was silly. And then the runner mission with the Australian guy, um, at the end of that, you have to go up in a fort and create a diversion. And um, at one point during that diversion, you can pick up a shovel. And the shovel in Battlefield 1 is an instant kill um, when you hit someone with it. And so I cleared out an entire fort of Turkish uh, militia or Turkish, you know, Ottoman, sorry, Ottoman uh, soldiers with nothing but a shovel and it, it becomes pretty stupid yeah. um, when you're doing that and that was me obviously making it stupid but it, it definitely takes away you know the fact that that sort of uh, that that kind of stuff can happen in the campaign takes away from what starts out as something quite strong and quite affecting in a way and that's not to say that there aren't moments actually where I think that they handled the subject quite well. I think all the postscripts that they have are very good, where it sort of lets you know about the bigger picture and things, and the, the historiological aspects and contextualization are quite good. But I think that uh, 
the practice of playing um, because it's setting you up for the multiplayer and because the multiplayer in Battlefield is pretty ridiculous no matter what version yeah. you're playing um, it, it lends itself to being a little bit sillier you know um, but I, I liked the kind of the variety of the campaigns I thought that you know the Lawrence of Arabia stuff was really good uh, that was a lot of fun the um, uh, the uh, the runner mission was good with the Australian guy. Um, that was a lot of uh, good stuff as well. And then I really enjoyed as well the, um, the which one was it now? The one where you get separated from your, your oh, the tank one, through mud and blood, I think it's called. Right? Yeah, I think that's the where you first, or if, you know, you can, you can tackle these things in any order you want, but that's any way the you want. first yeah. chapter basically. Yeah, I really liked that where you eventually get like separated and you have to go around sort of the the three uh, this big hub basically, and you can you can stealth around and things. And the stealth mechanics I think are quite fun in the game. It's just that you know what you're doing moment to moment undercuts the the seriousness of the subject. And I mean, obviously, I know that it's a game and it's a big budget game at that as well it's it's a crowd pleaser you know so you can't have this trudging you know dirge of a thing going on you can't like bum people out but it would have been nice if there was a little bit more of what you see in the first mission throughout the rest of the campaign i think yeah. it would have made it a little bit more uh impactful and, and a little bit more affecting for people as well now i know that um in terms of well i don't know but i I've gleaned from listening to other podcasts and stuff talking around Battlefield. And this could be a reflection on the folks that are on those podcasts. But World War One, not as big a deal for Americans, I imagine, as it is for Europeans. Yeah, I mean, we entered in very late. Um, and, you know, we, we sort of like patted ourselves on the back that like, hey, we helped win the war when, I mean the amount of forces we contributed were pretty min minimal at best, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, now, as for me, like I, I actually have like this really big fascination with world war one, just like it's place in history and how it kind of like, like I, I you know, the, the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand, like basically set the tone for everything geopolitical for, you know, uh, until today. I mean, it just, you know, yeah, I think we literally drew the battle lines then. Yeah, uh, I mean, not yeah. only between east and west, but in, in terms of what the the world would shake out to be over that time, um, because really World War One, much more so than two, is a pocket conflict a lot of, in a lot of ways. Like there's a lot of smaller battles going on all around the place, and mm -hmm. and it's different powers struggling against one another to sort of form up these borders and, and figure out where you know empires are literally falling and rising up at the, the same time, you know, so you have yeah. a big show of force for everybody. And Germany was a fairly new country at that point. I mean, as, as far as like, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, and then Russia in the middle of world war one has a revolution and, you know, just changes governments entirely. I mean, there is so much going on in this thing and it's, I've like, I always, I, I've always wanted something video game wise to do something with world war one, but it just, it seems like it's maybe too much of a, 
too much of a big topic, I think, for a video game to handle properly. Like, I really do think that opening set or segment, like, really set the tone for, like, what World War One probably felt like for most people. And really set it up for that, you know, most of the people in here, they weren't heroes. They were just cannon fodder. They were just part of the, as Dan Carlin kind of put it in the hardcore history thing, uh, you know, just meat grinder material. And... And then you go to I I think it's like the third one where you're the uh, the American pilot guy, where I mean you're literally at the very end fighting on top of a blimp as it catches on fire above London. I mean it's it it goes from you know feeling pretty realistic to that, and it's just like what just such a disparity between the two things. It's like oh, okay. And I did enjoy that tank mission as well, but that tank mission like you were I mean. I lost count of how many other tanks you end up taking out in that one while all the while, like all you have to do is like stop for a second to heal yourself, to keep going. And yeah, you know, again, we talked about this. It's, it's part of a video game. You sort of, you can't just like, okay, we'll have this thing in a permanent cripple state and then you just can't finish it because you're, you're done. But it just feels like there was just a little too much gamification, I guess, of some of these segments that I don't know. Like, like I said, I think World War One just maybe a thing that they it's never going to be handled properly. And I almost would rather have had just that opening segment just expanded upon a bit more, and then just left it maybe as a I don't know a series of missions that you did maybe without all the the story elements to it and setting you up for the multiplayer. Like I said, I I I was really wanting this to turn out really well, but it I don't know. It just kind of fell flat on its face a little bit for me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, like I said, I, I have this fascination with World War One. Um, right as I started listening to that Dan Carlin series, uh, Downton Abbey hit its, or I started watching its second season, which deals with World War One and how it affected, oh, okay. yeah. how it affected the house and everything. And I was just like, wow, this, you know, it, it really like just dug in for me what World War One was kind of like. And I really liked how Downton Abbey kind of handled it like as a, as a thing on how it affected people, just individuals, right. not just the, you know, the geopolitical scene of the globe. And I, I was hoping for more of that in Battlefield 1, but Battle... And I guess it maybe this is the fault of um, just video games in general. It's kind of a medium they really can't do this sort of thing, or they just haven't figured out how to do it properly yet. But it mm-hmm. just... The individual stories, like, they're always, like, too grandiose, or try to right. be too grandiose. It's, too, it's so. too broad, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Um, yeah, I, I would like to try the multiplayer, but I, I'm, you know, we're on pretty crummy uh, countryside internet here, so I don't think it'll really the latency won't work out. But you know, I, I, the, I have to say the the weakest aspect of the campaign for me was the um, plane stuff. I found that quite hard to get grips with mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. Uh, targeting other planes and and following them. At, became sort of frustrating i mean luckily it's not that difficult but um, and it's not that long of a segment either no no um though i wish it was shorter <laughs> yeah um, that's what i'll say about that yeah there's a there's kind of a lot of my reasoning on that too like just like i i wanted more out of this game and i didn't quite get what i was hoping for just like i said i don't want to mm. say a world war one fan because that's it's kind of a weird thing to be a fan of a war, of a specific sure, war that sure. was so horrific. But just as somebody who's fascinated by what World War One was and what it did for, you know, just 
the modern world. It's, I, mm. you know, and just, you know, the love of the video games or video games that I have, it's like, I want to see them tackle it. But so far I have not right. seen a single video game that really has done it well. I think that opening segment of Battlefield 1, like if I had just played that and then like let it go right. and been done with it, I would have been really impressed with what they did. But, you know, it, yeah. it kept going. So there's a, uh, there's a pretty funny game. Um, for the PC called Necrovision, mm-hmm. and um, the opening of it is a really like serious World War One level where you're kind of going through trenches and there's mustard gas and everything, and uh, you're sort of trudging through this for a while and there's there's people coughing their guts up and folks getting shot and you're bayoneting people. It's pretty grim stuff, and then you get to this kind of more open area in the middle of the trench, and all of a sudden like the you know, the objective, which has been saying, you know, like push through the enemy line, you know, get through the mustard gas, disable the, the whatever, you know, uh, cut the barbed wire. The objective thing changes to defeat the wizard. And then all of a sudden this, this, this guy just like falls down from the sky, this magical being, and uh, starts shooting fireballs and shit at you. And it's, it's nuts. But I kind of feel like that's what Battlefield 1 did in a way that's, that's not as, you know, silly as that yeah. but definitely by the time you're blowing up blimps over london and and all these kinds of things it does feel like you're defeating a wizard in a way you know yeah um so so a little bit disappointing in that respect i'd like to see them actually i know obviously they won't do it because it probably wouldn't be a big draw for people but i would have liked to see have seen more um of these war stories being added over time maybe uh would have been good but um, you know, I understand that it's a it's an undertaking, and you want to serve the multiplayer. Yeah, the multiplayer is going to be the main focus for Dice on this one. So I think we're probably done seeing um, stuff like that. I mean, and I, I, we're, we're running a little, we're running a few minutes past the the time thing on this, but whatever. Um, like I, I did enjoy the Lawrence of Arabia thing, except that ending segment of it where you're like literally like destroying a armored train with like it, it was just so ridiculous i mean you're i don't know there's yeah. like i said there, there there's some segments in there where it really feels like it kind of nails it on the head like what it must have felt like i guess like I some of those moments when you're in that tank like it really i don't know it, it brought a good sense of what it must have been like for these people with like you know an engine literally in the same thing as them or, you know, again, the same compartment as them and just, Mm -hmm. you know, this whole new technology that none of them are used to really. And then, you know, like I said, and then you're going through and then blowing up 45 tanks in your one tank. And then there were some segments of that, uh, of that guy who, you know, the, the pilot one, like where you're crawling through no man's land or whatever. Like I actually did kind of enjoy that, but like I said, that that ending part where you're, you know, it just seems so ridiculous. And then, not to ruin it, I suppose, the ending of that chapter, but, you know, you end up falling off the top of the blimp and into the river, and you survive. It's like, oh, okay, that's a little much. A little much. Like I say, it it goes from, yeah, it it goes from, like, sort of grounded in realism to just way over the top, like, action movie silliness. So it's like, okay, I don't don't know what they were really going for vibe-wise, but they they didn't seem to have hit the mark on anything specific. So, Yeah, it's interesting as well that they've kind of wrapped around to this because I believe that Operation Eagle 
was a World War One game as well, which was their first uh, game pre-Battlefield. I don't know if it was. Well, not their first game, but one of their first games after Star Siege or whatever else. Um, I think that was the same same dudes. But uh, I think that was a World War One game also, Operation Eagle. I'm not sure. I'll have to, yeah, people feel free to write in and correct me on that. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to look it up right now, actually, because I'm kind of curious. No, 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 hold on. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Don't worry about it. Do you want to hear about Xanadu next while I look this up? Um, let's see. Oh, no. Codename Eagle. Oh, okay, I was going to say, because Operation Eagle looks like it was, jeez, oh, an Egyptian military yeah, there we go. campaign 19... in the Sinai Peninsula? No, 1917 is when oh, it's okay. based. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's actually by a company called Refractor Games. Who are they? Don't know. Hmm. Eh, anyway, well, um, actually, yeah. Let's let's talk about Xanadu next, and then um, John, do you mind if we skip you, and then we'll do Dragon Quest Blocko, and then we'll come back to uh, Call of Duty, and then your Overwatch update. This way, uh, Luke, we can probably let you go if you want to, because I know it's getting a little late on your end. Absolutely, yeah. I would love that. I mean, not that I would love that, <laughs> but I would I would be thankful for that. I, I, I'm sort of um, I'm sort of offended, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a very sleepy baby. Um, they are. They are indeed. It is Dice did um, did Codename Eagles. So there you go. They're going back to their roots with World War One. Uh, all right. So Xanadu next is the next game. A long time ago, I suppose it was the next game in the Xanadu series by Nihon Falcom, uh, who directed who have made games such as Ease, Dragon Slayer, and um, you know other the Trails of Cold Steel, The Legend of Heroes, all those games. And Sandu Next is a dungeon-crawling RPG played from an isometric kind of camera angle. It is a little bit like a more tactical Diablo, let's say, um, okay. because it's not as clicky, fast-paced. It's a little bit more uh, considered in terms of how you're actually... Um, going about beating enemies and things like that and less focused on loot. Um, it's as if instead of Diablo, every time you killed a skeleton, you got a new club. Instead, every time you kill a skeleton, you get better at using the one weapon that you're concentrating on using. And so it's all about sort of finding something that fits your style and then okay. being able to use it well. Um, and you learn different skills for the weapon as you go. So it sounds like a Final Fantasy 2 that actually works, maybe? A little bit, yeah. Um, a little bit like that, I suppose, and how your character grows. And you're, you also have a number of skills for your weapon that have a finite number of uses. So the structure of the game is your typical town, dungeon, town type of thing where you're in a main hub world and then you go out exploring to get different bits and pieces. Um I'm really enjoying it so far. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's one of these games that's so old. Uh, I think it was originally came out in 2004 or five, um, and it's only just been translated now. But it's so old that it means that your computer can run it uh, ludicrously high spec, so you can downsample from 4K to 1080p, and everything looks way too sharp, and it looks like maybe the best PS2 game you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and funnily enough, the uh, this game also appeared for uh, a brief moment um, on Nokia's N-Gage, where it had a, a multiplayer mode, which is not in the PC version, unfortunately. But um, fans of the N-Gage can, can 
side talk on their computer now and uh, play some some Zandu next. So I'd, I'd recommend it. Actually, I find it pretty enjoyable, and it's got that great Falcom music, which is uh, a hallmark of their stuff. So worth a look, see for sure. Excuse yeah, me, that's a, that's that's kind of Ooh. been one big staple of this podcast too. Like I've put in a lot of music from Falcom Sound Team. Like they're mm. I, I I use them in my uh, run and my workout mixes. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got some really good, uh, really good musicians over there. Mm. I remember when I moved to Toronto at first, I was staying in a hotel for a while and I, I only had a PSP with me in terms of things that I could do to, to occupy myself. So I had, had got Ease Oath and Falgana uh, when, I, when I got there on, I think it was the HMV on Bloor, but that's not important. Anyway, uh, that, that game you know you you could just kind of put your headphones in and not even play it and just listen to the uh, to the soundtrack and it was cool it was a lot of lot of fun on that yeah i agree they always have rock and guitars <laughs> yeah and uh the guitars and the mixed in with the violin normally and i'm pretty i'm pretty into it so yeah i have um an ease piano album here that i that i bought for a ludicrous amount of money because CDs in japan are, <laughs> are very expensive and um, it's it's quite a good record. It's yeah, a lot of fun listening to the E songs done on piano, and they've got some some good renditions of them. Um, yeah. Oh, pardon me. Uh, thinking about it is making me it's making me wistful and uh, <laughs> sleepy. But uh, so uh, no, real, no, uh, real quick, uh, Xanadu next. That's on the PC. Yeah. Is it, do you know if it's that's on right on the else? PC? It, no, it's on the PC. Well, it is on the Nokia N gauge. Okay. Um, if you if you can hunt down a copy of that. Uh, so the PC for now, it's, um, I think it's $17 or so. And I would say well worth it, uh, especially if you're a fan of these, these hardcore Japanese type I, of games. I think, um, crawlies. I think X seeds had a, uh, had a good track record with anything Falcom they brought over. So I think, yeah, this is definitely, that's right. Yeah. Up, so, and it's, it's certainly one of these things that's kind of worth supporting in a way. Like I, automatically buy anything that they put out in terms of Falcom stuff, even if I'm not intending to really get into it. Yeah. Um, you know, like even Ease Origin, which I didn't really get into, I, I bought, and I've, you know, I've got both of the Trails games, um, even though I haven't really got around to finishing Trails 1 yet, but someday I'll get around to it. Um, it's story of my life with just about every video game I buy, so no worries on that. So, okay, uh, <laughs> Luke, let's go ahead and how much, how long do you think we need for Dragon Quest Builders? Dragon Quest Blockout. I'll say this about Dragon Quest Builders. Here we go. You don't need to start a timer because I got this to say okay. about that game. Okay. All right. Okay. That's 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 a fun game. It's everything I wanted to think that 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 Minecraft was when I heard about it. And when I, I used to be on another podcast, guys, I'll tell you about this. I used to be on another podcast with these two dweebs. I think I remember you talking and, about uh, this at one point. And uh, they, they loved Minecraft and they were like, dude, you got to try Minecraft, man. It's fucking great. You got to try. Uh, and when I just tried, I was like, this is aimless. And it's the same problem that I have with Skyrim and shit like that, where, you know, nothing about it is fun to me. And so mm. why should I do any of it? And, uh, Dragon Quest Builders helps with this because one, it's got music I like and it's got like cute characters I like, but also it's got people constantly 
badgering me to do things for them. And that puts me in the right direction and lets me know what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, the one thing I find about it is the building itself feels a little bit fiddly. Like placing the blocks can be yeah. a little bit annoying. Um, but I like all the other stuff around it. I think the writing is very funny. Um, I've enjoyed the sort of way that everyone thinks you're you're amazing because you know how to like put two sticks together and make a bigger stick yeah and they can't figure this out at all i think that's pretty good um <laughs> uh and i i yeah you know i'm i'm enjoying it and it's it's a lot of fun but it's um it's definitely the same thing that i had with a game like dragon quest heroes where dragon quest alone is not really enough to pull me through a lot of the time i wish i was a, as addicted to this game as some people are saying they are or, or, or you know saying that they got but it's kind of comes down to you can you can take the you can take the you can bring a horse to minecraft but you can't make it minecraft, minecraft. Yeah. uh yeah or you could take the minecraft <laughs> out of the man but you can't take the man out of the minecraft or whatever it is um i'm just yeah. saying that like there's still too much of that in there to really like hook me and really bring me along it's great that there's people telling me what to do but it's it's shit that it's wrapped up in these mechanics that fundamentally i don't think are for me yeah and i've, I've also had a little bit of a problem sometimes with the camera control uh especially like when you're going right. into areas um you know that aren't in the oh, i guess the there's sometimes you'll find like little caves or something or if you yeah. find yeah. you know somebody who's barricaded themselves in a house sometimes it's a little hard to get a camera in there where you can see what the hell you're doing so it's a little bit a little bit yeah that's true at times yeah. I, I do sort of long for mm -hmm. a first person view at times in there like an optional one yeah that would be good that would be good but yeah all in all my my i don't want to say criticisms are about the same as yours luke i've really enjoyed it but it's sort of one of those things like i'll plunk away at occasionally i don't think like i'll ever yeah sit down and play I'll it as long it now as I and then. did the first time I played it. Because I think the first time I played it, I played it for like three or four hours, and I was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. And then right. each time I come back to it, yeah. it's like, oh, I'll play for like an hour, and I'm good with it. So, Yeah, it's like uh, the Billy Joel song, song book. You know, you'll like, you'll take it out, you'll put it on the piano there, you'll play a little bit, you know, blink, 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 <laughs> and then you'll put it back again. And then maybe you'll come back someday and you'll play, you know, uh, whatever, Uptown Girl, whatever. And, uh, but but it's never going to hook you the same way the uh, you know the, actual the same way the, the uh, I was about to say the same way the Elton John songbook does but that's you know it's the same same deal really yeah there you go although I, I might reverse that I'm not a big fan of Elton John so oh but he's he's better better preferred his piano uh, you know there's a song I forget what the name of it is off the top of my head but it, like it's got pretty kick ass. Little ah, oh, jeez, I'm trying to remember. It's like Highland Park or something like that. It's very like oh sure, I think that's furious. Yeah. So and I'm like I mm. I kind of dig this. So anyway, yeah, I mean like piano wise, yeah, maybe Elton John overall is better, but I'm kind of like more of a Billy Joel guy to begin with. I don't know. So anyway, oh well, I I know I know you are definitely. I mean you're you're you know type of guy to be fixing your car on the weekend, <laughs> out there with the spark plugs, <laughs> listening to some Billy Joel. Uh, bit of Springsteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was the asshole when I was a uh, twenty-one or twenty-two, listening to Piano Man. Like, oh yeah, I get this. And I'm, and I'm like thirty-four, and I look back, and I'm like, what? A, get, you're twenty-one. You ugh, okay? Whatever, idiot. So. The secret is, though, you were wise beyond your years. I don't know about that, Luke. I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the sentiment and the lie, but I, I wouldn't go that far. So. 
Anyway. Yeah, well, the set, that, I think that's a good. I think that's a good summation of Dragon Quest Builders as well. Is that you know the sentiment is there, mm. but it is one big lie because it's still Minecraft in yeah. in a nicer package, you yeah. know. And I think that's the thing. Like, are your kids into Minecraft at all, Jason? Are no, I into haven't, that I haven't stuff. No, into them at all. And my daughter's not. Oh, really okay, I wonder how Minecraft kids. I wonder how Minecraft kids feel about. Dragon Quest Builders, if they think it's like, oh, what's this shit? It's probably you know, entirely too it's, linear for them, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, And you see, that's what I kind of enjoy about it. Oh, have you figured out a way to lock on to enemies when you're fighting them? No. Is there a way to do that? I don't think there is. Okay, that, that would help. That would help. <laughs> oh, man. Comments no, you just have to swing at them like a maniac. Comment's a little clunky, to say the least. So, Thankfully, it's yeah, very really... secondary. Thankfully, there's only a few enemies that will like actually like chase you down and attack you. Like for the most part, a lot of them will just like kind of peaceably like leave you alone while you're doing your thing. And so, unless you like the, the best thing about them. Dragon Quest is like the monsters are always happy to see you and for you to beat the fuck out of them. So yes. it's like you know they they don't care. <laughs> They'll just kind of wamble around and be like, ah, you can attack me if you want. I might attack you back. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Break me open, eat my goo. That's what they say to you. See where the night takes us. Yeah. Uh, see, that's nothing quite like a night of uh, of eating eating the brains of slimes, I suppose. So, oh, they're too yeah, cute. Exactly. We can't, we can't, we can't, we can't do that. Slimes are too cute. So, anyway, Luke, um, why don't we go ahead and I'll let you go this way. You can get some sleep, and then John and I will just wrap up here our Call of Duty talk. And I don't think we're gonna have much else to do here because the technical issues right. I think we've had today have uh, extended this uh, shorter podcast uh, into or this. Now longer podcast into a technical shorter one by the time it gets released. So, yes, okay. um, I I hope to hear the rest of this podcast after the fact and enjoy it as I'm sure I will as I do all the time. If people are interested in me specifically, you can check out Twitter at Luke Maxwell. I promise that one day I'll do another podcast with another good friend of mine. Uh, but until then, you know you can hear me here, and uh, oh. I'll tell you this, actually. Right? I'll tell you this. Okay? Tell me. Tell me. Big movie tip. Movie tip of the week. Go see Arrival. It's very good. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. How does it compare to the original? To the original <laughs> what? Arrival. Is there... A... Was it... There was one from, like, 2000 or whatever, wasn't there? No, it's not yeah, the, it's like, not the same not, movie, man. It's not the same thing. Uh, I don't care. It's the original. It was there first. Oh, um, it's it's <laughs> better in nearly every way. Okay, you won't believe say. who arrives this time. Okay. Is yeah. It, is it is it the? This is, this is this is arrival, and the original is the arrival. Oh, okay. So they took out the the. Okay, okay. My mistake. 90, the arrival is actually a reboot of this current arrival. It's pretty weird. It's like time travel. <laughs> yeah. Like, um. Time, anyway, guys, take it easy. Nice talking to you again, John. Right. It's a pleasure. Jason, more so. Well, no, you're both the same. I can't pick favorites. <laughs> you know me longer. You can pick a favorite. That's fine. I, yeah, but if you don't want to pick favorites, Jason, for that, for that, that's less of a pleasure. John, you're the new favorite. See you now. Bye bye. Oh, go fuck off. See you later, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sit on this, you twat. <laughs> I will take that as an open invitation. <laughs> All right, so after that awkward ending there, I don't know if 
I don't know. That was weird. Anyway, um, so John, um, let's go ahead and let's talk about. Uh, we jokingly said this off the air. I actually had to write this down because I screwed up the name almost immediately. Uh, we've got Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and Modern Warfare Remastered. How long do you want? Do you want to separate these, or do you just want to kind of lump them together? I'm gonna lump. I get. I'm gonna lump them together. I think so. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's all. It's kind of all the same package. Okay, then let's go with ten. You think? Yeah. Since we are talking about two games, and then we'll then we'll have our Overwatch minute as well. Yeah, can't yeah. wait. <laughs> all right, all right. So tell me, let's let's. Which one do you want to talk about first? I'm gonna start with Infinite Warfare. Okay. I'm gonna, I think start with the new one, I guess. Uh, it's so I bought the eighty dollars Legacy Edition of Infinite Warfare, which comes with Modern Warfare Remastered, which is Call of Duty Four. All of it, uh, including uh, single player, multiplayer. Um, so all in all, including Infinite Warfare, uh, and that you get five. You pretty much get five different things to play because that's you get the single, you get the, both campaigns, okay. both multiplayer, and zombie mode. It, it, this is the first time in Infinity War games that zombie mode is actually like so. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, the very first they, they actually had extinction mode and ghosts. I never played Cody Ghosts. It's one of the few I haven't played. But that was with aliens. Which would have fit more in this in this like, you know, space game, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh so and I'm gonna say that out of the five things, I personally think three of the five are worth are worth any time at all. Uh I don't I've never been a fan of zombies. Really, oh, that's not true. I liked it a little bit when it first started. I played it with my sister a lot when we were younger. You know, but um, I, actually, World at War yeah. is uh, backwards compatible on the Xbox One now. I just saw it on the Microsoft Store this morning. Oh. Yeah, that's where it started. It was just a fun little bonus bonus mode, and it became it's become this whole ridiculous thing with like secrets and a bunch of weird shit. And I just I don't I've never really liked all the stuff they added onto it. It's just and the yeah. ability to play as John F. Kennedy, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, Black Ops, yes, you could play as John F. Kennedy. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I think Nixon was another, was another one in there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm just put that right, at the right now. I won't be talking much about that at all because I didn't really, I don't, I really touched it. Okay. It's uh, this one is like it got an '80s theme, like everything seems to have now because the '80s are retro '80s stuff is hip, I guess. Uh, See, I thought it was the uh, '90s that were retro hip. Like the '80s were kind of like hip, like when I was a little, like when I was about ten years younger. Yeah, but in like game stuff now, it's been a lot of '80s. Like since Blood Dragon came out, and there's a bunch of stuff that's. Been... Oh, that's true. Yeah, game, yeah. Maybe it's just a, a case of games always being further behind the trends of everything else. But yeah. yeah the '90s is coming up. I mean, they already they, they remade Doom. So. 2022. <laughs> Wait for the '90s nostalgia to roll in. Can't wait. Anyway, back on track. Uh, the, God, I'll be 40. Only, Ugh, go ahead, sorry. The, <laughs> the only thing I'm in 22, you say 20, I will be 28. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Just fuck right off. Oh, God. Anyway, let, let's, let's talk about Call of Duty. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about my um, impending doom here of, of my mortality. Um... Yeah, the only the, surprisingly the best part of the Call of Duty package is probably the campaign. Like it's that's it, they tried a lot of new stuff with it, and, which is they this one has side missions now in Call of Duty campaign, like literal like optional side missions, and 
know, that that are a little bit like they have like space dog. Also, this game they they really they go full space in this game. Like this this is like a Halo, the Halo prequel you've been wait, you've been waiting for in terms of how much space is in this game. Like you are in, but you are in capital like you're in giant space carrier ships, and you are having space dog fights, and you are fighting in zero g, and all and you are fighting on other on other like this game opens on the moon of Europa. And, which is actually a really cool looking level. It's like a big frozen moon. It looks Europa really cool. Europa is Jupiter's moon, right? Yes. Okay. I say. Jupiter or Saturn. I'm pretty sure it's Jupiter. Yeah. So I was thinking. Anyway, it's not really important. But go yeah. ahead. Yeah, and uh, so and like the and so that, but the side missions actually, if you want like a decent length campaign, I do recommend doing the side missions. Okay. They do give you they do give you perks and stuff uh, for your character. So you actually get. A little, you know, your character getting a little better as as the campaign goes on. You don't have to do it to beat to beat it. It's still called Diddy. You don't really like perks don't really matter. It's just how fast you can shoot someone. Um, uh, but yeah, they there's some cool like the stealth mission. Uh, one of the side missions like a stealth one. Like you're you're like grappling hooking between asteroids and and sniping people from asteroids. It's it's it's, Whoa. it's kind of crazy for a Call of Duty campaign, even for a Call of Duty campaign. Uh, and it's actually like one of the darker uh, campaigns that Call of Duty's ever done. And they've been killing off characters since like Call of Duty 4 in that game. Like, since, like the nuke dropped in 4, they've been killing off characters. But yeah, this I was, one, I, I think they're going to say Modern Warfare was pretty dark. Yeah, this one is prop. This one kind of takes to the next one. Like the, that final mission has got the Mass Effect Two suicide mission vibes going on in it. Okay. Like it's and it is not. It doesn't have the choices that you make in that. But in terms of just like overall loss in that game, yeah, they 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 kind of handle the like the loss of war like a little better than you expect a Call of Duty campaign to handle it. Generally, in, in in general, you're still your character is still like super soldier number one. Like he is an ace pilot. You eventually become the captain of your own ship, and you get to call the shots. But you also you also drop down on the planet and do the work after you after you decide what mission you're going to do. So you're it's like the ultimate power fantasy. <laughs> uh, so it's it's not gonna it, it it's it's not gonna blow you away, but it is a it is a better campaign than they generally are. And I I tend to like them, but this and this one is definitely a good one. Uh, that being said, the multiplayer, on the other hand, is the exact is that this is like one of the first multiplayers I felt in a while where they have because they have like they have three different companies working on Call of Duty now from Treyarch, Infinity Ward, and Sledgehammer, and this right. is Infinity Ward. Uh, this is the first one since they've been doing that where they felt like they actually like have a cohesive like multiplayer carrying between two years and I, I think they chose the wrong Call of Duty to mimic in Black Ops three. And that's because I, that's not good multiplayer in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Cause they're trying uh, what I like about Advanced Warfare multiplayer, because that's when they first started adding the movement stuff that got Titanfall made popular, but they did their own little twist on it where it was only like quick like side to side dashes and and front dashes to give you a little bit more mobility. But it's more just like quick bursts of of speed, which were which which gave it its own feel. And but this one is kind of going more for a like direct Titanfall feel. But the the map design is such that it doesn't. It feels like 
they put like, a, like here's the spot where you can wall run in this map. But unlike in Titanfall, where it's just whatever, pretty much if you can think if you can think it, you can probably do it in that game based okay. on based on the, the movement. And but Call of Duty, it feels rigid and slow and and it just which is crazy to say Call of Duty feels slow, but this one feels slow compared in, comparatively. Hmm. Okay. It, it's yeah. I just don't see myself playing really any more of it. I just kind of did it so I could talk about it on here. But so I, um, I, so Titanfall two or Call of Duty? Which one would you recommend more? I, oh, Titanfall two, hands okay. down. Like, I do think that campaign on Call of Duty is good, but it is unless you're renting it. There's no, I would not recommend. It. Unless and unless you really want Modern Warfare, because at this point the only way to buy to get it is to buy the. It's gonna be separate eventually. I'm gonna yeah, say they're that gonna, right. Like, yeah, they're. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're leaving money on the table there. I mean just. I mean they, they could sell that for forty dollars by itself. I'm sure. So. Yeah. So if if you don't mind waiting for that, whenever that may be, uh, then yeah, I can. Like the campaign is good. It really is, and there's a lot. It's got. You can tell the budget that they put in those games because they look. It looks great. And like the the performances are really good. Actually, the the worst performance is probably Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones as the villain. He's kind of just there. That's what yeah. I've heard. Actually, is he's kind of like yeah. just eh. yeah. Kevin Spacey did a better job because he was kind of just a House of House of Cards character, but it felt if it, it, it was still a better villain. Like he didn't do anything uh, crazy, but it, it was still like he felt like a real villain. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's, all in all, I'd say that Infinite Warfare is one third of a good game uh wow in terms of like the call of duty package is one third of a good package uh and someone and i've and i i feel like i am a call of duty i am an expert when it comes to call of duty and i feel like i can say that with with confidence that this is a very weak yeah uh and but it's a a little happier note like playing through modern warfare again was really great like that that game is a top five game for me personally. It okay. has a very special place in my heart. Uh, the campaign has not. It, it, you can. It's showing. It's it shows age for sure. Uh, more than some campaigns you think would because of the progress shooters have made since then. But it's still. It was still fun. The multiplayer is still a good time. Again, uh, it it does it does remind me that Modern Warfare Two does did improve on it in, in the right ways. Make in its it is actually the better multiplayer game, so I'm hoping they'll remaster that. I'm sure they'll remaster that for the next one. It, that's more money they're they're gonna just rake in if they do that. But yeah, it felt good playing that again. It is hard to say that that's that that package like th- that's three out of five th- things that are good there if you buy the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But that's a so, that's but, a ninety dollar investment, eighty dollar investment. Dollars, yes. Uh, I don't regret purchasing it. Uh, I liked playing both campaigns, and I got one good multiplayer out of it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's it's more of a personal taste. Like, how bad do you want to play Call of Duty Four? And I really wanted to play it, and I and I'm happy I did. I think if I remember seeing on Twitter earlier um, from Mario sixty four um, that the er, that this Call of Duty thing it's going to be like fifty something dollars uh, at Target or something on Black Friday. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have, you can, if, I'm sure it would get a good Black Friday deal on it because 
I mean, it's still it's Call of Duty and still selling well, but it, I mean, their sales have been going down ever since Black Ops Two. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, I mean, even even with that, I mean, it's still selling millions when you yeah. Oh yeah, it's so like when you say like it, oh it's 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 on a downhill slope. It's like it's still selling millions. I mean, it's still outselling everything else on the face of the planet, basically. But yeah, but this is two straight bad ones. I really liked Advanced Warfare. Actually, I, I wasn't on this podcast when that came out, but that was. I, that that was my first Call of Duty in a few years when it came out, and it really is a really good one. It's probably a t- it's probably only below the two Modern Warfare's and Black Ops for me in terms of the best ones. Uh, but yeah, this the, yeah it just and Sledgehammer's up next, so I think next year might be the year to decide if Call of Duty's still going to be a part of my uh, yearly purchase plan. Uh, or actually, it's by it's it hasn't even been yearly for a while, but if I Still consider it every year. Okay. This will be the, yeah. Yeah, see, this, this is the sort of thing, like, again, lamenting the loss of being able to rent anything. Like, I, I, I enjoy playing a dumb Call of Duty game, like, just the for, the single-player thing, the campaign, because it's like, it it's an action flick. It's a popcorn movie, basically, that you control. I mean, I played Ghosts, and I, I enjoyed it enough that I was like, oh, okay, this is okay. And then I... And I, I think my mistake was I went right to Advanced Warfare, and I just was like, I don't want to. I just oh, was not feeling yeah. it. And I was just like, and, yeah. I, and I think it was just me being burned out of Call of Duty. Because normally it's like once a year, maybe, I'll play a Call of Duty game. And it's, again, the campaign, and then it's done. But I played one back-to-back while I was you know out after my hip surgery. And I was just like, eh, this is a little too much Call of Duty for me. I'm good. Yeah, I was... And uh, to to a little little more nice Titanfall stuff, I I just finished. I kind of powered my way through Call of Duty, and so I could play Titanfall. And I was worried that would lessen my enjoyment of Titanfall. And at first, it, I thought it was I, I thought it was, but yeah, it, Titanfall does take it to that next level in terms of campaign. It's the best. It's and yeah, that's the second best campaign I played all year after Doom. Doom is still the best. I I love Doom, but yeah, Titanfall Two is really good. Uh, Call of Duty. Need it, it needs something else, and I don't know where they go from here either because they went to space. So it, yeah, they get. I yeah. mean, sort of time travel, maybe. Yeah, I've heard ideas like doing, like putting Future Soldier in the past and stuff like that for like in terms of this like plot and stuff. Yeah, and that could be cool for the multiplayer. You can mix in guns from different eras in the multiplayer. Uh, yeah, oh, but. Yeah. That's that's weird. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's see, it's kind of the thing. Like I always, I, I liked a little bit about like um, like Ghost Recon. The kind of direction they ended up going was it as technology sort of improved, they would so, sort of try to see a little bit further ahead of what was coming up or whatever, and it would like be ever so slightly advanced that it was like, oh, this is a really cool idea, or it's like, oh, there's we don't have this tech, and now it's kind of like some of the stuff from the original um, Advanced Advanced War. Fighter, I think. God, I yeah. yeah, yeah. From Graw, yeah. we'll go with Graw. When Graw first yeah. came out, like a lot of that stuff is now just kind of commonplace tech. And I mean, you got to remember that game is like eight years old now. And then, like yeah. looking at Future Soldier, which is a few years, or it's like yeah, maybe two or three years old now, maybe four. I don't know. It's it, that sort yeah, of stuff that they had in there seems a little bit more feasible. So it's like, well, this is we're getting a little bit closer and closer to that. But yeah, they, uh, they definitely. They they definitely go to space in this one. It's not like this the half step they did they've been doing for the past few years. Like this is this is full on 
space warfare. Yeah. So yeah, and see, like all- I, I had that reaction um, when they oh god was it was it E three they showed that or they like they they debuted the video with uh, it uh, like you were in like a uh, star fighter I guess is for lack of a better term yeah. like a fighter yeah like I saw that and I was like oh give me this game this is what I, I like I want this game give me this game and then it you know you break out and go into the like spaceship or whatever and then start shooting and I'm like oh okay I kind of Oh yeah, it's Call of Duty. It's like that. Oh yeah, it's Call of Duty moment. Yeah, except it wasn't <laughs> even that it was Call of Duty. It was just that you got out of the spaceship, and I was like, oh, okay. I will, uh, the spaceship stuff was good. It's not. It's not hard by any means. It's pretty. It, but it is like you definitely control. You have enough control of it. Like, it it on rails you whenever you lock on to things, mm-hmm. uh, so you don't. So you don't run into shit while you're locking on to stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it feel, it's. It's pretty open. It's fun. The the dog fights are pretty good. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, there hasn't been like a good space shooter for me since like X Wing and Wing Commander, and like kind of like uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm like to say stuff. like this is going to like take take the place of X Wing in your heart, but yeah. it's, it's it's fine. Yeah. Again, like I said, maybe this is something that like three or four Call of Duties from now, like I'll pick this up when it's like stupid cheap to play it. So it's like you know. Because I think I got Ghost for like eight dollars, and I didn't feel like I spent too much on that. So yeah, I did, I I, reckon if you, I think the campaign's worth it at that point at that price at that price. It's good. It's, yeah. yeah. See, and if it hits Redbox, I'll definitely Redbox it over and play through it over the course of like two or three days. I'm fine with that. So I'm, like I guess I'm okay with spending like you know eight or nine bucks on a campaign or something like that if I never touch it again. So uh, yeah. So anyway, um, John, we have got. There's an Overwatch update here that we need to get to because I mean it's it's, it's been a while since we've done a podcast and I want to say there's a lot but there's I mean at least it's big news as, as far as I can tell about Overwatch so I'm gonna need you to give me a, give me an Overwatch update here in uh, let's let's say a minute can you can you manage all of it in a minute Yeah I'll try I'll try and fit in when I think it's important enough in a minute yeah. okay. so you you give yeah. me the go ahead when you're ready All right I'm ready I'm ready whenever Yeah <laughs> hit it all right, so Overwatch this month at they had well, last month they had their Halloween thing. So, but if you haven't, if you didn't take part in that, you can't get the skins now. So just the FYI, uh, this month they added Sombra, a brand new character. She is a hacker character. Uh, she is really good for breaking breaking enemy lines because she can cloak, and and her cloak works pretty damn well. Um, and she, you, you'll think you have a, a point held, and you'll wonder why the 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 meter is going up, and you realize there's an invisible character in, in right next to you. Um, she can, and then she can hack individual people, which turns off your abilities for a few seconds, which can be really awful. Like Reinhardt's giant shield can just be shut down completely by her. Um, and her her ult is an EMP blast, which anything caught in the blast has 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 that same effect happen to them. So you can get multiple multiple people like that. Uh, they added arcade mode, uh, which is three on threes and one on ones, and that's about that's about it. I'm gonna I, there's a few they added a, a uh, um, nerfed nerfed and and helped a few characters out. But I mean, it's it's not really anything people will notice unless you play a lot. So, uh, yeah, it's their Overwatch still probably my favorite game this year. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. cool. So yeah. I I, I want to do 
uh, some news here real quick, but I think what we're going to do is I'm just going to basically read them down, and we're not going to really talk about them, so, and we'll just, uh, if there's anything at the end we feel uh, is a pressing pressing concern, we'll talk about it, if not, we'll just, uh, we'll say that was the podcast, so, like I said, still playing with this format of this timer thing here, so we'll, we'll get this thing figured out, so, and I'm going to give myself two minutes for all these stories, let's see if I can hit this thing. Okay, so first off, Persona 5 has been delayed once again. This is going to be coming out on April 4th. Yeah. I knew that already. Yeah, I, I think everybody knew. I, th- I think everybody saw this coming. I think everybody at RP Gamer owes uh, Chris Privetier, the owner of that of the site, a uh, something. I don't know if they had bet on it, but yeah, he had called this like months ago. Like, yeah, it's not coming out in February. Um, there might be a third version of the Pokemon or of the new Pokemon game, the new current one, Sun and Moon. This one might be called Stars, and it might be coming to the or and if it's going to exist, it's going to come to the Switch. So that's uh that's a kind of a big deal, and I'd be interested to see if that happens. Um, if it happens, I'm buying it because I'm uh gotta catch them all, freak. So, uh, if you're looking forward to the System Shock System Shock remake. Um, well, I hope you enjoy waiting until sometime in uh, the middle of 2018 because it's been delayed till the second quarter of 2018. Um, Fallout 4 for the PS4 is getting mods or has gotten its mod ability finally, and uh, the PS4 Pro patch is coming soon. God only knows what that's going to add because I don't have a PS4 Pro and I and I don't really care enough to really get into it. And I have the Fallout 4 and an Xbox One, so it doesn't really matter. And finally. In a bit of news that is surprising to everyone because I don't I, I didn't know it even existed, uh, multiplayer for Batman Arkham Origins is shutting down December fourth. So if I don't even know what you did in that game, but if uh, you were in that multiplayer, you've only got a couple weeks to play that. So uh, get 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 on get it before origins. it's gone. Get your origins on. Yeah. Get yeah. Your, yeah. yeah. Get your origins on before it's gone, baby. And anyway, about that, look, I got fifteen seconds to spare. That was plenty of time. So anyway, um. Yeah, so anything you want out of that little uh, thing you want to talk about? Because I can't really... Yeah. No. Oh, I thought it was disappointing for me. That's so... I don't, I don't really care about the mods in the, in the end. Uh, Persona 5 is sad as shit. But, I mean, it's... I mean, it, it's still it's only two more months. And Horizon was already coming out then anyway, so it kind of makes it a little better for me. Oh, there you go. Uh, I did... Uh, something you didn't say. Uh, they did release a new, uh, finally release an actual kind of Mass Effect trailer. Uh, so that was in turn like a more of a story trailer. That was yeah, kind of cool. Except it looked like yeah. a bad movie, so it was a little like. Eh, no, I I kind of like I I think I think that game will be good. I oh, have faith. Oh, don't! I've already got a pre-order. Don't I mean don't 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 worry about that. I'm, I'm, I'm buying this day one, so. I don't pre-order games, but I w- This is one that I would I would feel pretty confident in. Well, see, I pre-order uh, on Amazon because the first two weeks you get it twenty percent off. So, yeah, uh, I usually if I ever pre-order, it's a, it's usually a day or two before, so I can preload it and uh, and reviews have come out by then. Uh, so that's um, that's usually what I do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, I can't think of anything else. Uh, no games this year that come out. Uh, I think the only two two big ones left are Final Fantasy and Last Guardian. Are the two big ones left. Yeah, so and you're you're not really uh, too keen on either one of those, as I recall. And I mean, uh, Final Fantasy, I'm not really either. So I'm curious about both. So I want if I because I know you really like the Last Guardian, so I kind of want to and I I, I kind of want to play it just so I can whether I like it or not be, be a 
Have a discussion uh, about it anyway? Yeah, have a discussion about it. Uh, I think it'll feel old, but we'll see. Oh, I'm not going to disagree with you with that, because, I mean, I mean, Shadow of the Colossus, even when it came out, it felt a little, it felt kind of dated, so. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was a lot to do with the hardware it was running on when, when it dipped down into single frames per second, but, yeah, I mean. I do, and speaking of Final Fantasy, I do recommend the Clueless Gamer segment that Conan O'Brien did on it at, with Elijah Wood. That is some comic gold in turn because he did not like that game when they played. He did not like that game at all. Yeah. See, and I uh, yeah. like I don't think it's I don't think it's the kind of game that would really demo very well with. Uh, oh no, no. Yeah. And clearly it didn't. So. It did not. Uh, yeah, that that's a big game for Square. That's a, that's a, it's a big game for that franchise. Yeah, I mean this. Uh, this has been in the making for a long, long time. It was, you know, Final... I think this was Agito? Or was this Versus? I don't remember. But versus, Versus, sure. yeah, because Final Fantasy Type-0 was Agito, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, this is this is finally sort of wrapping up, although it's now no longer part of it, that uh, Fabula Crystal Novalis bullshit oh, thing. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. God. I think it was, that, like, 2006 they announced that? I say 06. Yeah. So it's, ten it's years. been ten years in the making, and it's finally coming. And I, I want to try it. I really do, but I don't. I just, I just don't know. There's too many other things that I'm like. I'd rather kind of play that. Anyway, uh, you can, you know, what, plug wise, uh, John on Twitter. You are John Lucero seven seven seven. I am Jason Ariola, and um, yeah, if you want to follow the site, it's Games and Junk everywhere. I mean, the only thing on that's a little different is Games and Junk official on youtube so yeah if you want to do that other than that we are yeah just look up games and junk and we're probably going to be the first and only thing that pops up except for the junk and games pod or no games junk podcast that (laughs) i'm just like okay god damn it i think we started before them and they surpassed us in the amount of uh episodes because they continue to go while i continue to flounder and trying to make this thing happen on a regular basis so anyway Enough about my own failings. Why don't we go ahead and I'll wrap this up and we will talk at you guys. You know what? I don't know if I can say next week because next week is Thanksgiving. So maybe not. But we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks at the very least with our Pokemon podcast part one. So talk to you guys later.